Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome everyone to episode number 132 from Delving into Islam podcast. This is your host Wa'il and it is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and a privilege that I'm able to talk to you about the religion of Islam and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing me to share my knowledge with you. Thank you so much for listening and participating and sending in all your questions and suggestions. And speaking of which, if you have any questions or suggestions, please email me at delvingintoislam at gmail.com. Again, delvingintoislam at gmail.com, and I will get back to you as soon as possible, inshallah. Now, this podcast is for anyone, whether you are remotely curious about the religion of Islam, or if you're thinking about becoming a Muslim, or if you just became a Muslim, or if you've been a Muslim all of your life and just want to learn more about Islam, this podcast is for you, inshallah. Uh, also, this will also be the last episode in the Antichrist series. So, in the Antichrist series, we will uh, we will conclude it today, and we will start the second uh, major sign which is the second coming of Jesus Christ. And by the way, those two signs will overlap and we'll talk about it because there will be a confrontation between Jesus Christ, of course, and the Antichrist. It won't last long, but there will be a confrontation. Uh, now, one thing that we need to talk about is uh, the, the things that led up to this moment, right? The, the moment of that we stopped at, the cliffhanger that we stopped at last time. Um uh, Everything led up to this moment. The Prophet told us that, you know, the Antichrist will come. He will have many followers and he will be intimidating and you cannot even confront him. Like just if you hear that he's coming to your town, just walk away, run away, pack your stuff and leave. Do not even think about confronting him. And he will claim, of course, divinity. And I want to pause here for a second. One of the beautiful hadith by the Prophet wasallam. He said what? He was describing the Antichrist and he said the Antichrist has is one-eyed. He has a, a deformed eye. And Allah is not deformed. He does not have one eye. Look at this. The, because we know that he will claim that he is Allah. He will claim divinity. So the Prophet is putting that to rest. Allah is not deformed. Who is deformed? His creation, we could be deformed. Some of us could be. We're not perfect, right? But Allah is what? Allah is perfection. And we also know, and that's why we talked about, you know, we had that episode, the definition of God. Now we're talking about, you know, the the, 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 the relationship between the Antichrist and the definition of God. God, by definition, at least by our definition as Muslims, does not manifest uh, himself into being a human being. He doesn't go into a human flesh. He doesn't do these things. He doesn't walk around. And frankly, the Antichrist will be some sort of a villain dictator. Because if you say no to him, if you refuse to worship him, like what happened, we mentioned last episode with that uh, believer, young believer from Medina, he will try to kill you. He will kill you. He will. He's, he's a villain. He's a disbeliever. So how come a disbeliever, how could he be believed that he is God, Right. And again, he will have many followers, right? He will have many followers. And honestly, after looking at and, and, and just looking around, like look around you right now in today's world, how many people you think will resist the idea that someone who is powerful with supernatural powers is God? I don't think a lot of people will resist that idea. Because again, the idea, because alhamdulillah, only Muslims and not even your average Muslims, only believers, have a strict idea, a very specific idea on who God is, who Allah is. The rest of mankind, they don't care. They don't care. To them, God is a powerful being and that's it. But we are very disciplined. We are very strict. And that's why, if you're a believer, don't even go. Because again, it will be a fitna. It will still be a trial for you. Even if you are a believer, that's why the Prophet said, no matter what your level, you know, how big your, the level of your belief is, leave town if he comes to your town because you could fall into the traps. Like I said, it's exactly like the three questions in the grave. You can answer them easily right now. So someone right now can come to you and be like, dude, if I see him, I'm clearly aware that he's not God. I know that. Yeah, you're saying that now, but that when the trial takes place, come on. 
you, you, you can't even guarantee that because the Prophet told us to run for a reason. You know, like, and we talked about the trial of the grave, right? And how difficult it would be. And that's not even the biggest trial that will face mankind. The greatest trial, the biggest trial, the most difficult trial is the Antichrist. So imagine, if you think you can answer the three questions now, and then you go and you're buried and you can't even answer one, what do you think you're going to do with the gel? Even if you think you are a true believer, right? So it's just going to be a difficult time, and it's very critical that we know who Allah is. Allah doesn't play games with us. Allah does not need followers. <laughs> Allah does not need to walk around, try to convince people, please follow me, please worship me. We worship Allah for our own benefit, not for Allah's benefit. You get it? Allah does not need us to be Allah. He does not need us to be divine. He does not need us to be God. But this Antichrist clearly is asking for attention. He's seeking attention. He wants followers. And again, like we said, many, many other, uh, he will be crooked. Uh, he will have crooked legs. He will just look like a less than an average human being. So, yeah, so we, alhamdulillah, we are disciplined. And we know that he's coming to attack us in our own theology. In the, literally, the definition of God. That is the test right there. And unfortunately, the majority of mankind will fail. Because we're already failing right now. If you like, We mentioned this before. We're less than 2 billion. And the world is about 8 billion. So we're less than a quarter. So imagine this. We're less than a quarter. You have three quarters of all of, like all of mankind. Three quarters of mankind, they don't even believe in God. Some of them don't believe God exists. And here's the interesting part. Atheists... Because some might, and I, I actually, I don't know where I heard this, to be honest, but I heard this. Some people were saying, well, if he actually shows up, we know he will, but we're talking, there were non-Muslims talking. They're saying atheists will be the ones to not follow him because they don't believe in God. So you, you get the little trick right here. Someone will claim he's God. Well, people who don't believe that God exists in the first place, they won't fall into his traps. Actually, this is very incorrect. Do you know why? Because atheists are willing to believe that there is a God if they see one. Just to let you know, the reason why atheists are rejecting the notion or the idea of, that God, of God in the first place is because they can't see him. They can't see him. They want to see God. If we see him, we'll believe he exists. So guess what? They will be the first in line, probably. They will be the first in line. To follow after, of course, the 70,000 of the, the Jews of Asfahan. But like, because now they're going to see someone who's claiming his God. Okay, now what what can you do? Show us. Show us little tricks. You know, show us what you can do to, to, to prove to us that you are God. That he's going to do some supernatural stuff and they will believe him. And that's it. And they will follow. And only minority of mankind, which is... The believers. Now, whether we witness, like I said, whether we witness that or not, we don't know. Uh, hopefully, we won't. We'll make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we won't, but we don't know if it's meant for us to witness or not. Uh, so that is regarding our theology. He will be a true test to our theology. Then, like I mentioned last time, his influence will lessen after the incident with that uh, young uh, believer from Medina. And he will start becoming desperate that he wants. Okay, he will. He knows that he can't enter Mecca and Medina, so he will go and attack uh, the Muslims in Jerusalem, and they will barricade there and they will prepare for battle. But before the battle, they are about to pray, and we know that the Mahdi is getting ready to to pray. They made wudu, and again, there's like some you know it's, they're a little bit down because the the, the followers of the Jal are massive. And the Muslims, the believers, like I said, they will be the minority. Now, we all know, I'm, I'm assuming most of us know, the, 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 the conflict that's, you know, between uh, uh, the, the Palestinians and the Israelis, right? The Palestinian struggle and, you know, the occupation by the Israeli government. So I'm assuming we're all aware of that. And not not to get political, uh, like I said before, I don't get political on, on, on this podcast just because I lack the political expertise. But uh, 
we know for a fact that you know the, the Palestinians have been humiliated. They've been suffering for years. No one can deny that. Also, what we know is that uh, how they're living right now and how they've been living, it's been really tragic, right? And it still is, you know, it, it is tragic. Like, imagine if you're sitting home with your family and someone kicks the door, like, open and they can walk in on you whenever they want, unannounced, and, you know, just take you out. Or take you from your family or do whatever. They, they literally could do whatever. Like the sky's the limit, as they say. Imagine like you're living in fear constantly every single day. And what we know for a fact, I mean, and by the way, in situations like this, when you hear about someone else's struggle, there's a beautiful diet that the Prophet ﷺ told us, you know, to say, which is, Allahumma afina. Now, in English, that translates to, O oh Allah, protect us from what you inflicted others with. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like I said, He inflicts others, others with trials and, and you know, and, and tests. Some are worse than others. And Allah does it fairly and justly depending on the level of faith people have, depending on how much they could take it and all, all of these. We already talked about this. So when you see someone struggle, like every time, like when, when we're driving, for example, and if I see, you know, an accident, a bad accident happening, uh, I always recite this dua. I always say, oh Allah, Allahumma afina bima talayta bi ghayrana, or oh Allah, protect us from what you inflicted others with. Uh, and we say that in this case because, you know, we might not bear one second of what the Palestinians are bearing or, or living in, right? Imagine, like I said, you're living with your family, you have no privacy, you have no control over your house, your own house. May Allah protect us all. But anyway, the point that I'm, why am I bringing this up? I'm bringing this up because this and, and we'll talk about, of course, the, what will happen and the events of the battle and all these things, like the final stand, basically, against the Antichrist. But it's obviously happening in a very interesting land, which is Jerusalem, right? In, in Palestine. It's happening even, uh, uh, you know, close to the Masjid al-Aqsa, right? And that's where they were praying, right? The Al-Mahdi and, uh, and the believers. And... This is very interesting because this will end uh, the common. Now, we don't know, and, and I will get to this whole idea of the liberation of Palestine and, uh, and Jerusalem. But for now, it's like it seems like this will be the final conclusion of this decades, hundreds of years conflict, right? Now, you'll have this conflict led by Muslims against disbelievers, oppressors, because the Antichrist, if you think about it, his figure, his idea, his, 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 everything about him is an oppressor. He is a tyrant, right? A tyrant with some powers. And the final confrontation will be where, where all the suffering has been for the Muslims. I know that Christians like Palestinian Christians also suffered uh, on the hands of the Israeli, but for the most part, the people who were being targeted the most are the Muslims, right? So this final confrontation, somehow, subhanAllah, it's like poetic, ending to all of this suffering. Now, we don't know, and this is very interesting, by the way, to mention, we don't know when Palestine will be liberated. What we know, what seems obviously, is that it will be liberated. Now, will it be liberated before this moment, which I'm more inclined to, that opinion, or after? Now, the reason why I think it's before, because if you think about it logically, Al-Mahdi and the believers, they were seeking refuge in Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. They barricaded in Jerusalem. They're, they're prepared for battle. They seem comfortable in Jerusalem. Like, it doesn't seem like somebody else is occupying that land anymore. It seems like the believers, the Muslims could go in there, no problems, right? So I feel like this will be liberated before this, way before this. Uh, or not, I could be wrong. Now, we don't have when it will be exactly liberated, but we know for a fact that the believers will feel comfortable barricading there, you know, uh, having their posts there, preparing for the final battle uh, against the Antichrist there. So it makes, to me, it looks like it's a Muslim land, right? And inshallah, it shall be liberated and being brought 
back to the Muslims. But anyway, so my point is, it just seems very interesting that the final confrontation, and we also mentioned the evangelical part, right? Remember that, uh, and we mentioned this in the in, in the last season when we said what the whole, the, the reason why the, the the certain governments are allowing. The the, the the Israelis to do whatever they want. Do whatever they want is what? It's because they believe that Jesus Christ will be back, but of course they have it wrong. They have, they have the whole story wrong. They believe that Jesus Christ will, by the way, this is again in their theology, the, the evangelical Christians. They believe that Jesus Christ will be back, then he will kill all the Jews. So it's very ironic that they want to keep the Jews there, so they will be killed when Jesus Christ comes back. It's very twisted, wallahi. It's a very twisted uh, theology and, you know, uh, an idea. Uh, and then when he kills all, because they betrayed him. Remember, they, the evangelicals believe that. They, but the Jews betrayed Jesus Christ. They, they, you know, led to his crucifixion when, but you know, basically telling on him to the emperor. So they believe Jesus Christ will come back for vengeance, right? vengeance like god is because that's what they believe right that he's coming back for vengeance which does not it's not befitting to a god nor a prophet of allah by the way him coming back to kill an entire race an entire religion all the jews who will exist there all the jews that they're basically putting in there right now as we speak they believe they will all be killed by jesus christ which is really twisted and it's not befitting to a prophet coming from allah Right, not even, and I know they don't believe that he's a prophet. They believe he's God. Still, it's not even befitting to imagine a God. Like it's not even befitting to a prophet. Imagine a God. Now, so they believe that this and then he will kill all the followers of their basically antichrist, which is AKA us, the Muslims. We're the you know the the new religion to them. We're the 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 the, the, the kind of new kid on the block kind of religion, right? So this they. Those people, the Muslims, that's what they think, will definitely follow the Antichrist. And, uh, you know, Jesus will kill all of us. Now, what we have is completely different, which is, and it makes the most sense. Alhamdulillah, you know, it makes the most sense. That's that's the beauty of our religion. That Jesus Christ, he was always sent by God as a Muslim. He was always sent by God as a Muslim, right? He's a Muslim. All prophets and messengers, yes. The naming of the Sharia, the naming of the legislations have been changed from like Christianity, Judaism, whatever. That's fine. But it was always Islam. The religion for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has always been Islam. The message has always been Islam. Jesus was Muslim. Abraham was Muslim. Moses was Muslim. All of them, peace be upon all of them, they were all Muslims, right? He will come and he will lead the Muslims. Now we're gonna get it, like I said, to the like I we'll get to the details of that in a second. But my point is it's just very poetic and it makes more sense. And it makes more sense, you know, that he will end the Antichrist and not coming for vengeance or it doesn't make any sense. First of all, he was not hurt in the first place. So there's no vengeance because we believe that he was never crucified, right? But it's just very poetic relating to the, 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 the events that are happening today. And it's been happening with the Palestinians and the Israelis. I find it very, subhanAllah, interesting and befitting of an ending. Now, again, we don't know if it will be liberated, like Palestine will be liberated before, which I believe so. Like, again, it explains why Al-Mahdi is you know, very comfortably going there and staying there with the believers without being stopped or being, you know, harassed by a specific government. Um, uh, but again, we don't know. We don't have a, a very explicit text when it will be liberated. We know it will be liberated, of course, but we don't have a, an explicit text when exactly would that be. So, yeah, I found that very uh, interesting. And inshallah, it shall be a befitting ending to all of, you know, the situations that are happening today in, in Jerusalem and, and, and by the Masjid al-Aqsa. Now, we know that the Antichrist is is related to Isa ibn Maryam, Jesus Christ, right? And we know that this is related because we know we ended the last episode that Jesus Christ, peace be upon him, will come into the Masjid in Jerusalem and all the Muslims will look at him and they will recognize him. Now, we know we always knew, like it's even in the title, right? The Antichrist. We always knew that there was a relationship between uh, Isa ibn Maryam and the Antichrist. But what was the relation? We'll, we'll get to that in a second. However, let's uh, rewind a little bit. Uh, as we know, and all Muslims believe that Isa ibn Maryam, Jesus Christ, is alive as we speak. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lifted him before the crucifixion. And the crucifixion, of course, took place. We believe that it took place, but not with 
Jesus Christ. There was someone else uh, who will be rewarded as well, that person, uh, and considered a martyr. Uh, now, as we speak, some people might be like, well, how is he alive? Like, is he immortal? Well, guess what? Same like the Antichrist. Do you see the similarities? Isa, was, he's been alive for thousands of years. But of course, with the biggest difference, that one is a villain and one is a true and a pure messenger of Allah, right? But there are certain similarities right now, and we're talking about those, that he's been alive, the Antichrist has been alive. They will meet in Jerusalem, and that is a fact. Uh, and, well, the Antichrist will claim in the beginning, remember, he will claim that he is the Messiah, the Messiah of guidance, which is Jesus Christ. But, of course, uh, that will, when he gains a lot of followers, he will upgrade the status from the Messiah to God, which shows you something very interesting, by the way. It shows you what? That people are willing to believe that a, a, a human being, a prophet, could be upgraded to God. And this is the same, in a way, the same situation that happened with Jesus Christ. Right? Because Jesus Christ is a messenger who was sent by God. But then people believe that, no, 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 no. He was always God. He was manifested into uh, a human body, right? And But he is God. So this kind of also relationship, like the upgrade from a human to uh, a divine entity is also a similar. One is guilty of and the other one is not guilty of. Because Jesus Christ did never ask people to look at him this way or to consider him as divine or God. But the Antichrist will actually ask for it, right? Now, Jesus Christ will be sent back to earth. We know that. The second coming will happen. It's imminent. It will take place. It's a matter of time. But the second coming has two versions. One is an Islamic version, and then that's what we'll talk about today. And one is a Christian version, which is completely and drastically different. Like we said before, the, the Christians believe that Jesus Christ will come and he will kill all the Jews uh, because the Jews are the ones who betrayed him and put him on the cross, right? And then, so they basically put him in the image of a vengeful kind of person, a vengeful God, I guess. He will come back to kill all the... Well, one of the things I, I, I really, I still struggle with is that God is not bound by 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 space and time. So why would God come back to earth and to, to kill humans? It just doesn't make sense. Why he couldn't do that up there, you know? This doesn't make sense to me. Why would God actually die and then resurrect himself? You know what I mean? It's all unnecessary steps for God to, like, why? The, the don't make, like, okay, when we say God has protocols with his angels, it makes sense because Allah has this dominion. And Allah puts rules for all of his creation not for himself, for all of his creation, right? And then the rules that Allah puts for himself are rules that are for us. Like what we said, what? Allah would not commit any injustice. That's for us to make us feel safe. Allah would not let his anger overcome his mercy. That's for us, towards us. But why would Allah put for himself rules like, hey, I'm going to come, uh, you know, I'm going to die and then I'm going to resurrect myself or resurrect my son. But then eventually they're all the same God. It's just the idea of a father and a son is some sort of a, like a split kind of God split himself into three. It just doesn't. Anyway, I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm ranting right now. It just doesn't make sense. I'm actually wondering how does that logically make sense? But anyway. Uh, so now they believe that Jesus will come and kill all the, the Jews and then will kill us because they believe that us, we will be the followers, the technically the evangelicals. This is mainly the evangelicals, by the way. Uh, they believe that we will be the followers of the jail, of the Antichrist, and that's it. Then they will all, uh, like all the Christians will be the ones in the army of Jesus Christ. Now, what we believe in is a different story. However, and, and again, this is still, I didn't get into this, uh, get to the story yet. Here's something very, very interesting. Jesus Christ has a very specific task towards the end of time, which is beating the jail, which be, is, is beating the Antichrist, right? He will come there to save the Muslims. But here's the interesting part. Allah will be the one to get rid of the Antichrist, not Jesus Christ. How? Let's talk about the events uh, of, you know, the, the siege in Jerusalem and the final battle. Now, during 
that the Muslims are barricading and they're getting ready to pray, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send Jesus Christ down to earth, down from the sky. Here's the most, I can't even explain it. I can't even imagine what this would look like. Holding on to the wings of two angels. <laughs> Can you imagine? This is subhanAllah. It's, it's, it's subhanAllah. Two angels will be flying down to earth. And they will, he will be holding on to their wings. Jesus Christ will be holding on to their wings. Now, this will be in the east of Damascus, in Jerusalem still. And then, once he once they put him down, they're going to fly back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, some might say, why the theatricals? Why is that? Well, to honor him. This is an honor to Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ was plotted against. They wanted to, hum and they did humiliate him, but it didn't go to the extent of actually crucifying him. Someone else took that for him. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us now, Allah honors his prophets and messengers, right? We know that. So he will be sent down, and then the angels will bring him down, and then he will walk a very inside of Jerusalem, by the way. So this is all inside of the... Now, whether people will see the angels or not, this is uh, not mentioned. Like the, we're talking about the followers of the Antichrist, where they're like sieging the city. Are they going to see him? Will they be like a massive light in the sky and they still won't see? We don't know. What we know is that Jesus Christ will walk to the Masjid Al-Aqsa where the Muslims are preparing to pray. Now, the Muslims, and that includes the Mahdi, will recognize. I mean, he's going to walk in. They're about to pray. Literally, uh, Imam Al-Mahdi will lead the Muslims. And he's about to say, Allahu Akbar, and then they will see Jesus Christ walking in. And they will immediately recognize him, subhanAllah. Now, Imam Al-Mahdi will step back. Look at this uh, scene right there. Imam Al-Mahdi will step back and he will offer Jesus Christ to lead the prayers. Can you imagine? He will offer, he's like, can you lead the prayer? Now, some might say, well, how does Jesus Christ know how to pray? Allah taught him how to pray, right? The Muslim prayer, our prayer. Allah, of course, taught him how to pray. But Jesus Christ will respectfully refuse and he will ask Al-Mahdi, to lead the prayers. Go back to your spot. Basically, he will say, you know, just go back to your spot. You're the leader. I'm, I will follow you. My dear brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ will follow Al-Mahdi in prayers, in a Muslim prayers. Jesus Christ, the figure that caused so much controversy and there's a whole religion, unfortunately, falsely, built on will pray the muslim prayers behind al-mahdi someone from the descent of the prophet sallallahu imagine he will refuse he will respectfully say it's not my place you're about to lead them you go ahead subhanallah then jesus christ and next to him the muslims the, the believers who are left in this world right and at that time will perform Salatul Fajr together. I want to pause here. I want to pause here. For all the wars that are taking place because of the idea of Jesus Christ is the Son of God, Muslim versus Christians, uh, Muslim ver Muslims versus Jews, all these things, right? All that, that the religious, what we call quote-unquote religious wars, which unfortunately many of them are not even religious uh, most of them actually are not even religious. They're all political with political agendas. But they put the religion as a banner. But for all those extreme Christians who really get so angry when you say Jesus is not God. He was never God. For all those who mock the Muslims. And again, we're not talking about all the Christians here. By the way, there's such a huge number of good Christians who are don't believe what we believe in. But they respect our religion. Same way that we should do, by the way. And alhamdulillah, many Muslims do. We respect that you have a different belief. We respect that you have... Now, we don't agree with that belief. No. However, we respect you. And there is a lot of mutual respect. However, there are extremists on both sides, on Muslims and Christians. But we're talking about specifically the Christians now. When they get so angry and frustrated, frustrated when you tell them, Jesus Christ is not a God. He can never be a God. And they say, like, how dare you? You should, you know, shame on you. 
imagine the scene right now. Jesus Christ is praying Fajr. And behind who? Behind a descent from the Prophet وسلم, which is Imam al-Mahdi. And he will pray. And by the way, Jesus Christ met the Prophet وسلم, for those of you who don't remember. He met him during the night of Isra and Ma'raj. Jesus Christ met the Prophet وسلم, twice actually. When the Prophet وسلم, was sent from Mecca to Jerusalem, uh, which we call Al-Isra, the part that we call Al-Isra, right? Um, and when he went to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa in Jerusalem, he went and he saw all the prophets and the messengers. Now, all of them, you can tell they were in in, in, in a spirit realm, right? Uh, or Allah resurrected. I don't know. Honestly, we do not know. But what we know is that they, they were most likely in the spirit realm, except for Jesus Christ, who was alive because he's not dead. And he saw him, the, the, the Prophet commented, he said, Isa yusalli. When the Prophet walked in, uh, he saw that Jesus Christ was praying. And it shows you, that, the, my dear brothers and sisters, it shows you the significance of prayers. The five daily prayers at least. Like the Prophet walks into the Masjid Al-Aqsa during the night of Isra Ma'raj, all prophets and messengers are praying. Jesus Christ comes, sees the Muslims are about to pray, he prays with them. Prayers are critical. It is the most important act of worship that a Muslim or a believer would do. Do not ever forget that. But here's the beautiful similarity. During the night of Isra and Maraj, what happened? The Prophet was asked to lead the prayers with all the prophets and all the messengers that Allah sent uh, to earth. He led all the prophets and the messengers. The Prophet was leading and behind him was Moses was Jesus Christ and so on and so forth. Subhanallah, look at now the, the moment we're talking about, which will happen in the future, of course. Al-Mahdi, a descent from the Prophet is also leading the prayers and behind him is also Jesus Christ. Subhanallah. Now, that doesn't mean Jesus Christ is uh, a follower to the Muslims. Don't take it like that. Jesus Christ is a Muslim. Every single prophet and messenger was a Muslim. Because a Muslim is what? Someone who worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, believes that Allah is the only God, and follows the messenger that was sent to them. That is the definition of a Muslim. That's why we call the Jews who followed Moses and worshipped Allah alone, we call them Muslims. We call the Christians who followed Allah, uh, the Jesus Christ and worshipped Allah alone, they were Muslims. And Jesus Christ himself uh, is a Muslim. And of course, he, um, uh, Jesus Christ met the Prophet ﷺ during the ascension. So the, during the Mi'raj, when he went, and I believe he was in the second heaven with Prophet Yahya. By the way, Prophet Yahya is his cousin. Uh, and uh, he actually shook his hand and he said, uh, Oh brother, salam, uh, salam upon you, peace be upon you. Uh, and basically they were you know praising each other and basically that was it now jesus christ will finish praying and he will finish the praying with the uh, muslims and then they will prepare for battle now before we get into the confrontation point there was a beautiful hadith by the prophet وسلم, that the prophet was asleep and he had a vision now we believe that every single prophet and messenger when they have a dream when they you know, receive a dream while they're asleep, it's not a random dream. Like us human beings, normal human beings, it's one of three. Either it is a message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like a good dream from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that happens to a specific type of people. Or it's just our subconscious, like we are thinking about something and then we dream of it. Or it's the shaitan or the devil messing with us. That's, it's a, and usually that, that's definitely our nightmare. So we have, these are the type of dreams that we get as normal people. Now, the prophets and the messengers don't have that. Any dream that they get, any dream that they get, any type of dream is a message from Allah, and it's a vision, not just a dream. So the Prophet ﷺ said, while I was asleep, this is an authentic hadith by the Prophet ﷺ, I saw uh, I was doing tawaf around the Kaaba. So the Prophet ﷺ saw himself doing tawaf around the Kaaba. Then he saw a man who basically uh, looked like a clean person, someone who looked clean. And he had a soft hair. And he said basically that his hair looked like he just got out of a bath. 
like a little wet. And he was a man with a kind of a lighter skin. And he looked good. He looked handsome. And then the Prophet asked the, 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 the people there, who is this man? And he was told, this is Jesus Christ. This is Isa ibn Maryam. Then he turned around and then he saw someone who, again, was a lighter complexion, like he had a light skin. And he had curly hair and he had a one eye and a float. Of course, you know who that is. A floating, the, the person described that looked like a floating grape. And he asked, who is that person? And they said, this is the jail or the Antichrist. Now, that does not mean that Jesus Christ looks like what we see right now in churches and, and you know, on TV and whatever. Like, oh, he, he no, he doesn't look like that. He looks more Middle Eastern because he literally he was in Palestine, right? He was in the Middle East, but with a lighter complexion, exactly like the gel, by the way. He the gel will look white. He will look Caucasian, but he's not. He's not going to be a white guy. He's going to literally come out of uh, Iran or Iran, right? So just I uh, wanted to make that clear. But anyway, there was always this connection between Jesus Christ and the gel and the Antichrist, even in the, you know in the dream of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. However. Now, uh, the jail uh, will be waiting outside, right? Remember, now going back to the story, the jail will be waiting outside of Jerusalem, trying to invade uh, or basically take Jerusalem, all of Jerusalem, kill all the Muslims there. Now, uh, as soon as this fetch is over, Jesus Christ picks up a spear. He picks up a spear. Then he heads out to meet the jail and then the Muslim army follows him. Then a battle erupts, like a battle takes place. Now, what we know also is that, that this battle will end all battles. You know, this is the last battle, not the last war, the last war we already talked about, because that was a global war. Now, this is just a battle between two groups. That's why this was not called the last war on earth. But this will be the last, technically the last battle between two armies uh, uh, that will take place. And then the Muslims will attack the, 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 the followers of, of Jesus Christ. And we even said that, you know, we're, the trees will come into play also here, right? The, 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 the trees that will say, hey, hey, there is a follower of the gel behind me. Go kill him and so on and so forth. Now, during the battle, the battle will be taking place, right? And then at a city called Lud, and the Babulud, this is, by the way, in, in also in Jerusalem, uh, Jesus Christ and the jail will lock eyes. It's like, imagine like when you see in the movies, right? There's a big battle taking place. And in the midst of this battle, the hero sees the ultimate villain, the boss, right? The, 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 the villain. And they both look at each other and then they charge against each other and then they fight each other, right? That's what happens in movies. And that's exactly what's going to happen here. However, this will be a very quick fight because there won't be even a fight. It won't be a fight. The jail will see Jesus Christ. He's going to freak out. Then Jesus Christ will walk towards him with the spear, right? But look at this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will do something. And again, be fitting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He will make the jail melt. The jail will melt. Uh, and when I say melt, I mean physically melt. He will start melting when he sees Isa ibn Maryam. When he sees Jesus Christ coming towards him, that will be the end of the jail. It shows you who will cause the victory in the first place. Who is always the one causing victory? It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, Jesus Christ was sent to earth for a task, to lead the Muslims to defeat Dajjal. But who will be the one to defeat Dajjal? It's Allah. Not, not anybody, right? SubhanAllah, it's amazing. Anyway, now Jesus Christ will see Dajjal starting to melt in front of him. He will grab the, 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 the spear and he will speed up against, like towards him, Right? And before he completely melts, Jesus Christ will stab the Antichrist with the spear to show basically his blood to the rest of the Muslims as a proof of victory. And that will increase the morale of the Muslim army, you know, so basically because there's, there's still a battle going on and will make the Muslims able to beat the followers of the, the Antichrist and the rest will flee the battlefield. Again, Jesus Christ knows that, okay, him seeing the gel melting, the, the Muslims need to see it too. To, it's a battle, you know, taking place. So the morale of the Muslims need to be elevated. 
So what he's going to do is he's going to walk towards the, the gel knowing he's about to die. He, he's melting. Jesus Christ basically knows that Allah SWT is causing him to melt, but he's going to stab him, kill him in front of everyone, and then his blood will be on the spear before he completely melts. When the Muslims see that, they will yell and shout Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, and they, they will become stronger during the you know they will fight better they will have you know a better morale and they will beat uh, and, and and destroy the the the, fall, the the army of the antichrist and the rest whoever will you know survive they will flee away from the battlefield and subhanallah what a scene my dear brothers and sisters what a scene what a scene jesus christ is leading the army of the muslims the Muslims. Now, this is completely different from the second coming of, the, in, in the version of, in, in Christianity or the specifically the evangelical version. This is completely different. We already mentioned that version, right? This is the true one. This is the authentic one. This is inshallah what will happen. The Muslims will celebrate. You know, it's, it's, it's a, such a wallahi, such a beautiful, beautiful scene. Jesus Christ is leading the Muslims, fighting with the Muslims to end the, the era or the reign of uh, the Antichrist, the person who basically was an imposter all this time, someone who tried to take the identity of Jesus Christ and then he tried to even aim for the stars, literally, you know, a, take the identity and say, I'm divine, uh, I'm God, right? Now, it's not going to be all dark for the followers of the Jal, like of the Antichrist. Yes, many of them will die. Certain people will survive and they will flee. They will run away and they will have their own, you know, lives back to, again, there will be, some of them will be, still be disbelievers, but they will flee the battlefield and some will actually see the truth. This is Jesus Christ. He's fighting with the Muslims. And they will become Muslims. They will take the shahada and they will revert to Islam. SubhanAllah. Even in the darkest days, there's still a glimpse of hope, SubhanAllah, for disbelievers. And it teaches us something. It teaches us something. That do not give up on certain people. Yeah, maybe certain people. And again, we're not saying that, oh, always, like there is a difference between have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you have a loved one who is not a Muslim, if someone you feel like they're far away from Islam, even if they were Muslims but they're not practicing, make dua to Allah to be for them to be guided. Because look at this story. These were following a human being who claimed he's a god. How bad it couldn't get any worse. It could not get any worse for them. Yet, they see the truth and they follow the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by becoming Muslims and now here's a very big question before we conclude uh, today's episode. The second coming is confusing to uh, a lot of people. Uh, some of them are Muslims. Even we're talking about the second coming, even from the Islamic perspective, when people, non-Muslims hear about it, they get confused about one thing. And that confuses some Muslims as well, which is this. Does the second coming mean that Jesus Christ is the final prophet and messenger on earth, not prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam? It's a very valid question, by the way, because we know that Jesus Christ is not—he's alive, right? He's not dead right now, and he will be sent back to earth, and he will lead the Muslims, like we just said. He will lead the Muslims in a battlefield against the Antichrist. Does that make him the final prophet and messenger? The simple answer is. No, for a very logical reason. Now, first of all, the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran said what? The final messenger shall be Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Akhir al-anbiya'i wal-mursaleen. Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself said, I am the final prophet and messenger. Okay, but then we have Jesus Christ, who is also a prophet and a messenger from Allah. What is what's going on here? He's he sent way thousands of years after the death of the Prophet. So what's what's up with that? Well, he's not gonna be a messenger and a prophet anymore. He's got he's not gonna bring a new religion. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ will follow the he 
that was the how significant the symbolism of him praying behind al-Mahdi was. That shows you he will follow the Sharia and the religion of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi or the one that was delivered by not the religion of so the religion of Allah, but the one that was delivered by Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He's not going to have his own religion. He's not going to call people to a new religion. And that makes him not the final messenger. And that still, that the title of the final messenger will still be uh, given to the Prophet ﷺ because he is the one with the final religion. He brought the final religion to uh, mankind. Jesus Christ, will, when he comes back, he will follow the religion of Islam, the same religion. He won't add anything. He will not do anything about it. He's just going to be a follower of the religion. And that's why Jesus Christ will come as a leader and a ruler, not a prophet and a messenger. Again, this is critical, by the way, my dear brothers and sisters. This is very critical because I know that confuses some people. Well, the second coming, does that mean he's the final prophet and messenger? Because since he will be the last one to technically die? No, because the second coming will mark the leadership of Jesus Christ and him becoming a, a leader of the Muslims, not the prophet. The prophet of the Muslims, the, 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 the messenger of the Muslims, and the leader was the Prophet Now, the Prophet after he died, many leaders came after him. Abu Bakr, Umar, Ali, Uthman, and so, so many after him. Jesus Christ will be the same as them. He will be the leader, the ruler of the Muslims, like Al-Mahdi, by the way. Right, so him and Mahdi will be together, by the way, uh, but he will be the ultimate, of course, leader, and he will lead the Muslims following the Quran and the Sunnah from the. He will literally follow the Sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we're going to talk about that. By the way, we're going to have an entire story about how uh, he will rule the Muslims and will technically rule the world because he will be the only king he will have a kingdom on earth inshallah but we'll talk about that inshallah in the future but for now we need to know that he will follow the quran and the sunnah and that shows that he's not a prophet anymore he's just going to follow the quran and the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu so uh, i hope that you know puts this whole confusion to rest now before we conclude uh, uh, the episode of today uh there, uh, we need to know how to protect ourselves from Dajjal. The Prophet ﷺ gave us actually uh, a few tips on how to protect ourselves from Dajjal. Number one is reciting the first 10 verses of that chapter of Kaf. So the Prophet ﷺ said in an authentic hadith, if you recite the first 10 verses of the chapter, if you memorize them, not just, well, if you keep reciting them, but if you memorize them, it will be better. You shall be protected from the evilness of Dajjal if he emerges in your time in your lifetime. So if the jail shows up in our lifetime, inshallah, if we memorize the first 10 verses from the chapter of Kaf, inshallah, we shall be protected. And there's another wording of the hadith that says the final 10 verses. So there's a hadith, the, mo the most common hadith is the first 10 verses. If we memorize the first 10 verses of the chapter of Kaf, we shall be inshallah protected. But there is another wording of the hadith that says the last 10 verses. So it won't hurt to, you know, memorize both sides, basically the first and the last 10 verses of the chapter of a kaf. Another way to protect yourself from the jail, and this is something I do, alhamdulillah, every uh, during every salah, every prayer, there's a dua that the Prophet used to make after seeing the tashahud. And we mentioned that dua, I remember in, uh, I believe in the trial of the grave or something like I think, yeah, 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 during the episode of the trial of the grave. And after you do the, literally after you say the tashahud, before you say salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah, salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah during the five daily prayers, you say this Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min adabi jahannam, wa fitnatil qabr, wa fitnatil mahiyya wal mamat, wa fitnatil masihu dajjal. I'm going to say it in English because we can make dua in English, like we said, or any language, whatever your language is, whatever it's easier for you to make the dua with, please use. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts all languages when it comes to dua, not when it comes to Quran, of course. So now, what you say is, I, this is the sunnah of the Prophet now, and this is not mandatory. But then, again, I do it, alhamdulillah, at every salah. Uh, it's a dua that you make. After you say the tashahud, again, before you say uh, before you do the taslim, or before you say, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. You say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min adabi jahannam. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you from the punishment of hellfire. Okay, so you're asking Allah to protect you. Allah, protect me from hellfire. And from the trial of the grave, from infitnatil qabri. Oh Allah, protect me from the trial of the grave. 
and any trial during my lifetime and during my death. And the trial of the Antichrist. See, that's how you protect yourself from the Antichrist and the trial of the grave and uh, hellfire and any type of trial that you might face as a human being. So it's a beautiful, it's a four kind of four part diet. One for the hellfire. Again, oh Allah, protect me from hellfire. Oh Allah, protect me from the trial of the grave. Oh Allah, protect me from the trial of the living and basically the moment of death. And then the last, oh Allah, protect me from the trial of the Antichrist or from the trial of the jail. So that's how you protect yourself from uh, the Antichrist. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not cause us to live during that time. But if we, you know, if it's meant for us to live during his time, at least we are protected, inshallah, when we do, do the things that I just told you. And at the same time, we should follow. The, 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 the advice of the Prophet or the commands of the Prophet by just walking away if you find out that he's coming uh, or heading your way so now there will be uh, you know the Muslims will celebrate and there will be a massive celebration like alhamdulillah we won this again the greatest trial that will face mankind and the most difficult is over over Alhamdulillah, let's breathe. But the problem is, and that's the theme of all the major signs, they won't have time to breathe because the moment the gel is done, the Muslims start to celebrate, the unleashing of Ya'juj and Ma'juj will take place. The nation of Gog and Magog will be unleashed on earth. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I honestly make dua that we would not live to that time because this is a nation that will, uh, to, to just keep it short, I, I like to give you some cliffhangers for the next episode, inshallah, that will literally cause the destruction of earth. They will literally cause mass extinction. Uh, and now it will be uh, Jesus Christ, Mahdi, and the believers that will have to stand against that threat. Or will they? We'll see, inshallah, in the next episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.